Hello, and welcome to DMN's one-on-one podcast. I'm your host, Marjorie Mind Sanabria, and I'm here today with Carell Cooper, SVP of Global Marketing at Live Intent. We're here today to talk about something a little bit different, but no less relevant in the marketing space, diversity. With companies like Gucci looking to restore their image after backlash and other companies realizing the need for a bigger diversity push to appeal to their audiences, what does that mean for your marketing message and how can you be inclusive while keeping your brand voice alive? So, Karel, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for, for having me. I'm happy to be here. So, let's just dive right in. So, what do you think about the whole Gucci situation? Do you think they are just looking to placate people? Is it a mea culpa? Is it a genuine... Uh, move in the right direction. What do you think? I, I think um, I think it's still a little early to tell. I think um, I think we will find that out over time, right? I think they are certainly um, taking some good steps, which I think indicate that they're moving in the right direction in terms of hiring a, a head of diversity and inclusion and and trying to implement some different programs uh, throughout their um, throughout their their company. Um, but, uh, you know, time will tell, right? Because if they continue to have missteps, right, then you know it's not genuine, right? If, if they clean things up, if you see them uh, get better at their hiring practices from the standpoint of having a, a more diverse staff, if you see them start to do things like promote diversity and inclusion within the fashion industry and there are changes there, then I think you know that they're heading in the right direction and it's genuine. But how can you tell the intent, though? Like, how is that something that you can judge? Well, I, th- well, see, I think that's that's the challenge, right? If you can you can say that you're going to do certain things, you can try to implement and do certain things, but I think the outcomes uh, is ultimately uh, it's it's almost like that old saying, right? Like, words really don't matter; it's the actions that matter. So I, I think that's how you'll be able to tell in the long run. Speaking of brands, um, a few weeks ago, I was actually walking by Barney's. They opened um, a store Mm -hmm. on 14th Street, and I noticed that one of the mannequins had a yellow, don't tread on me, sweatshirt. Mm. And Mm. I went in, and I I said, you know, um, I was in Washington, D.C., you know, on election night, 2016, and people were waving that flag, and I felt very unsafe. Mm. And, and that was a very interesting conversation because they had no idea, mm. you know, and they were also women of color, and I was a woman of color, and I said, hey, like, this is something that signifies something yeah. that's yeah. very upsetting to me. Right. And so I think there's always this tension, especially with, you know, retail brands and fashion brands, where you, you kind of want to be provocative mm-hmm. because you want to be seen as cutting edge. Right, right. But then there's, there's always the other side of that where you have to really think about how your message resonates, you know, yeah. because the, the yellow sweatshirt was actually, like, very garish and very daring, and mm-hmm. it was, like, the green snake, like, don't tread on me, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as someone who was in D.C. and people were waving that flag as, like, a point of pride, yeah, yeah, people can feel threatened. Yeah. So, as someone who's in, in global marketing, you know, how has it been a challenge for you to, to craft a message of inclusivity but also being relevant? Yeah, so it it is a challenge, right? And I think um, I think uh, a lot of education has to go into it as well, too, right? Because right. even 
we're sitting here both people of color, right? Yeah. We can't sit here and say that we know everything in the world that's going to offend every single person, right? Of course like, not. Right? So I think I think sometimes mistakes do happen, and they, they are genuine mistakes. I think from a marketing perspective, one of the things that um, is becoming uh, more and more of a focal point, I think, in our space is market research, right? Mm-hmm. And market research can take on many different things, right, in terms of... Of the types of products people want, uh, but I also think looking at like your messaging and how do you sort of test out your message, how do you do messaging to different sort of groups and and get formal feedback and also informal feedback. I definitely spend a lot of time in our space. Live Intent is a marketing technology platform. Uh, we cater to uh, a lot of B2B uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Um, we cater to a lot of publishers and brands. And so while we do formal market research, I spend a, a good portion of my time also having informal conversations with people in the space about our messaging, about our products, what they're thinking about, and those sorts of things too. So I think there's a formal way to do it, and I also think there's an informal way to do it. Speaking of informal, mm-hmm. um, I think you remember this Ancestry.com commercial, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking about it at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, for our listeners, the Ancestry.com commercial depicted an African-American woman with a white man, and the white man proposes marriage to the African-American woman during the Civil War, and this caused huge backlash because... Many African-American women were in relationship with white men, but without their consent. Um, So that's why it was a a hugely unpopular move. It was called racist, and Ancestry.com apologized. And when when I watched that in the office, I thought to myself, was there nobody in the room to say anything, you know, and and when you said informal, like, that's what I think of, Mm -hmm. you know, there's 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 market research and there's education Mm -hmm. and there's intent Mm -hmm. and there's also you know having people in the room to say wait a minute and i don't necessarily know if it's correct or incorrect to have that person be white black asian but i just i just feel like there needs to be at least somebody there to be like how is this going to impact our Mm -hmm. audiences what Mm -hmm. is going to make them think Mm -hmm. so in terms of that, in terms of having people in the room, do you think that part of, you know, the job of, you know, marketing departments or agencies is to be, you know, more active in recruiting people of color to make sure they're in those rooms making those decisions or at least saying, hold on a minute? Yeah, well, I, I think I think just at a company level, right, um, even going broader than marketing, right, I think... Uh, companies need to be casting as wide a net as possible to get uh, a a diverse candidate pool, right? Mm -hmm. I think from a marketing perspective, yes, you should have people in the room uh, that are of diverse backgrounds, and diverse diverse backgrounds can mean everything from ethnicity to professional and personal experience to uh, to gender, to, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at diversity, right? Mm-hmm. But you can even go beyond that. I mean, even at Live Intent, again, it's, it's, we're a lot different than, say, a retail brand, but we will make decisions from a, a business and a marketing perspective with us, with a, a set of people. But that doesn't mean that we don't go outside the room and have informal conversations with others sure. in the organization, right? Sure. I also think, to the point about being in the room, something that gets always lost in that conversation is the sense of belonging, right? You can have right. diversity and inclusion, but 
that person that's in the room or the people that are in the room, they have to feel like they belong in the room right. and they have to also feel that they have the authority and the autonomy to actually raise their hand and say something right. as well too. Right. You can be in the room and not feel comfortable in the room. Sure, you can yeah. be in the room and feel like a token. Right. And you can be right. in the room and feel like you're part of the furniture but yeah. not part of the decision making process. Right, right, right. For sure. So it definitely goes further than that and we, we actually spend a lot of time talking about that now at Live Intent with our company just in terms of yes there's diversity and inclusion, yes we need to cast as wide a net as possible when we're, lo- when we're looking to hire but once we get people into the organization how do we make them have that sense of belonging so that they stay because it makes no sense uh, to recruit and hire diverse candidates and then they turn around and leave if they don't feel like they belong within the organization. True, and it also means that you treat these candidates as talent. Right. You know, right, as right, real right, talent yeah. part of the organization. There seems You're not to... hiring people just because they're black or they're exactly. a woman, right? Just to check the box, right? You still want to hire the best person right. for the for the job. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 of course. I'm just get excited no. about this topic. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> and I, I think I think it raises a really interesting point where there does seem to be that distinction mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. a diverse candidate and talent, right? right? And then the in-house talent is cultivated and nurtured and developed. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the diverse candidate is just sort of there yeah. and they're sort of on the periphery. And, you know, essentially they're marginalized and they're not included and incorporated in decisions. And, and that's something that is you know, probably going to take a while. Yeah. So let's flip over to, to devil's advocate because mm-hmm. I can feel I can feel the listeners already I haven't even put this up <laughs> on the side but I can feel the listeners going wait I am not racist so what does it mean if I put something out there and someone gets offended like mm-hmm. should I never ever put a marketing message out there ever again because someone's gonna get offended right yeah well that's not the right approach but <laughs> well but but you know that that's something that people believe and feel yeah right yeah. you know because and, and to a certain extent, I do agree with them. Like, there are mm-hmm. people who are genuinely not racist. Right. But they also aren't fully cognizant of, you know, certain messages or certain coded messages. They're not as well educated in the history of mm-hmm. racism or mm-hmm. history of minorities mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I truly believe that these people are this, where they feel no actual malice in yeah. their heart. Yeah. But they truly are unaware. Right. And then when you raise it with them, Mm-hmm. They become defensive, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the other direction of like, well, I can never put out a marketing message ever again, yeah, yeah. because I'm just gonna risk offending somebody. Mm-hmm. So you said that's not the right approach. So how, but how, how do you um, include these people? Yeah, you know, how do you get them on our side? Like, how do you get you know buy-in from these people? Yeah, you know, I think part of marketing too is having thick skin, right? In in a sense, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Um, you are you are never going to please everyone uh, with anything that you do as an as an organization, right? I'm right. Not, I'm not even talking about like offensive. I'm just talking about anything, right? Sure. Like you're never going to please everyone. I I think it still comes down to. Um, education. I still think it comes down to doing the best job that you can do, and I still think it comes down to uh, being open to receiving feedback and having a conversation. I mean, I think some of the best brands out there that may get this right uh, are are open to the feedback and don't have a problem with uh, engaging their audience uh, on this particular level. And I think the only way that we move forward as society, right, is to have more of these open conversations. Right. Um, 
yeah, we, we recently started uh, our own diversity and inclusion group at Live Intent. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to say, so our company is about 170 employees right mm-hmm. now. Um, every meeting that we have so far, we usually have about 40 or 50 employees in the meeting mm-hmm. uh, from all different walks of, of life, which is great. And, and these are the conversations we're having about, you know, just like, let's sit down and let's have a conversation and let's get to know each other on a different level. And I think more people have to be open, and open to doing that. Yeah, and I think there's also a way where we can tell people and teach people there mm-hmm. is a real difference between mm-hmm. a message not resonating, mm-hmm. someone being offended, mm-hmm. and being outright racist. Mm-hmm. Like, those are three distinct things. Yeah. And I think sometimes people conflate all three of them, and they assume that, well, if someone's racist, well, that's their problem, that's on them, because mm-hmm. they were offended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to really looking at the content of the message yeah. and even the subliminal text of the message mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, we are a diverse nation, but we also have a history of deeply rooted problems here. Deeply rooted problems. Deeply rooted. And and how can I, as a marketer, look to reach all these people and bring them together and not, you know, deepen these ruts? And... It's a really difficult thing to do, um, you know, especially in this in this political environment. You know, there's for me, I think um, there is a lot of uh, I don't want to say pressure, but it, it's a very different space for me to be in because, you know, I was a journalist mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. I started in marketing mm-hmm. and I was and I still am very vocal about what's been going on politically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but there's also your professional persona. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. also the professional that you need to be to come mm-hmm. in and do your job. But I think, you know, it's naive, you know, for senior level marketers to not look around the political landscape. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking in particular of, you know, Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. campaign and mm-hmm. people were so outraged, you know, they burned their shoes. Yeah, yeah. And and they took videos of themselves doing it. And I think that's a really good example of, you know, a brand and a message Mm -hmm. and a consumer response. Yeah. And I think that for some marketers, that can be really risky, you know? Yeah, it it can. And and you're right. I mean, there were a lot of people that were upset with Nike. Sure. Um, The flip side of that, if I recall correctly, Nike's stock went up. It did. It did. So there were a lot of people that were happy with them. Um, The investors, anyway. Right. Yeah, 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 the investors, anyway, right? Um, I will say, though, even even taking a look at Nike, right? Yeah. While, While we can sit here and say they got that one right. There's uh-huh. been other things that they've gotten wrong, sure. right? And so I think that's a, a classic, to me, a classic example of diversity and inclusion, especially when it as it relates to marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Can't be this sort of just thing that's off in the corner within an organization. It has to be ingrained in uh, an organization's uh, strategy, mm-hmm. uh, an organization's culture, and spread throughout you know, the entire organization, because 
again, like you can, you can do something really well. That's on point, like the Kaepernick thing, Kaepernick thing. And then you turn around and you hear Nike doesn't have the best policies with women as athletes when it comes to pregnancy. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. a, you know, it, it's, it's uh, they hit the mark on one thing, they miss the mark on another. And it's something that companies, I think, always have to be continuously working at. And it has to be a part of their company culture, their core beliefs and their values. Sure. And it's it's one thing to put up an ad. It's another mm-hmm. to change policy mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. impacts women. Yeah. You right. know, so I don't want to go down this road too far but there are there is such a phrase as performative allyship i don't think this is the case with nike i think they really did take a principled stand Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but as we were talking about earlier in the conversation where you know there is an acknowledgement that you know this needs to happen within an organization but then how do you incorporate it so it's really really ingrained in the fabric of it and Mm -hmm. not a one-off and not something you need to check boxes and not something you do um, just to appease people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think um, I think people can tell when you're being genuine mm-hmm. and people can tell when yeah. you're not. And yeah. I think that's one of the real the real risks of marketing, you know, where it's like, you know, you, you feel like you have to do something to appease people and people can see right through it yeah. as opposed to, you know, like with Nike, a genuine principled stand. Um, but then also using that as an opportunity to look more deeply into the organization itself and see, okay, well, how can we do better? Because yeah. no organization is perfect. Oh, no, right, you know, right. And, and diversity inclusion is going to be a continuous process. So, like, how do we incorporate that? So, you know, your thoughts on that would be more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. It's a, it's a continuous process. Uh, it's certainly um, not easy. Uh, it, it's certainly something, like, with anything else within a company takes time to to sort of develop right mm-hmm. and and again be a part of the company culture be a part of the company mission values and strategy right so i think there's, there's a lot of um education and it comes back to education and training and again making it be a part of the company core values so imagine there's a, a marketer with us right now yep. um and she's like you know corral and marjorie mm-hmm. what can i do today what are three things i can do today to incorporate diversity inclusion in my department. Mm-hmm. So, what what would what would be three things that you could tell a marketer to do that they could do right now? <laughs> right now. So, one, I would say first take a look at your your hiring practices and mm-hmm. and your staff. Right. Like, are you um, is there a level of diversity today or not? And you know, how do you go about hiring people? And again, I think part of that goes back to casting as wide a net as possible but I also think another piece of that is the hiring committee internally I think also has to be made up of a a diverse group of people right Um, so that's one from a marketing perspective I think as you come up with messaging um, uh, market research formal and informal uh, market research I think is uh, is super important uh, from that perspective uh, and then I, th- I think just, you know, just having conversations with people as well, too. I mean, uh, some of this just comes down to having conversations like the one we're having right now. Right. Um, you know, you, you know, I've certainly learned some things from you in this conversation <laughs> and hopefully you've learned some things from me. So I, I think I think that's really what it comes down to. And, and be authentic. Don't uh, if you f- if it feels like it's being forced, don't do it. Right. Like be authentic. You know, line up your messaging 
against your company's core values and beliefs. And if you hit that mark, then chances are you're being authentic in terms of what you're doing. It is about values, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that for some companies, they have that embedded in Mm -hmm. their culture, and other companies are still kind of trying to get there. Um, You know, the last, you know, 30 years has been very different in terms of company culture and hiring practices (laughs) and leadership, and, and there's been a lot of change, and we still have a lot long way to go you know I think in part um, you know startup culture has really disrupted a lot of you know long-held beliefs about hiring and talent Mm -hmm. because they want you know the best people they don't care Mm -hmm. you know what color gender sexual orientation they are disabled or not you know but at the same time you know it, it's almost like a, a backlash like as things have gotten more diverse and progressive mm-hmm. in some ways companies have almost gotten more conservative and more defensive and more clinging to what they remember mm-hmm. because they just mm-hmm. don't want to let go so yeah. there's yeah. that interesting tension there yep. so you know any kind of like closing sort of remarks to you know a marketer who may feel maybe not necessarily uncomfortable themselves with diversity but maybe they're recognizing that the company that they're in yeah. is a little bit more conservative mm-hmm. so like what if you have someone who's like great I want to I want to hire a whole team full of diverse people mm-hmm. but you know like I, I answer to this this and that person and I know that they have these kind of views yeah. so what would you say to that person who's ready to go and wants to implement these things but may encounter some internal and cultural resistance yeah so I think um, what I would say is you have to have those conversations internally and try to and try to break down those barriers. And, and if you can't, maybe you're not at the right organization, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if if that organization, if your if your personal values and beliefs and what you want to do don't align with the overall organizations or your boss's uh, values and beliefs, then uh, maybe it's time to to to, to go elsewhere. Um, you know, I I did a. Um, I did a discussion uh, a few months ago with uh, a bunch of uh, uh, college um, students that are entering the workforce over the next couple of years at Fordham University. And one of the things that I urged all of them to do is when you're out there and you're going through the interview process, you need to ask the question of the company that you're interviewing with, uh, not only what their stance on diversity and inclusion is, but uh, ask for some specific points of, of action that those companies have taken because I think that that needs to be much more a part of sort of the hiring process from a candidate perspective in terms of digging into that and I think that's a way to get companies to also change. Sure yeah. and you know it's also the first point of contact is through HR yeah. so if you know they're talking to yeah. you know HR mm-hmm. at this point they can see yeah. what the process is. Yeah. You know, so they if they have an issue mm-hmm. or if they want to go elsewhere mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, worst case scenario, they're terminated. Yeah. They can look at that process, you know, at the beginning and say, like, okay, am I going to be treated fairly here? Right. Or right. is HR going to be hostile with me? Yeah. Also, and, one other thing, you mentioned uh, sort of the startup culture uh, a yeah. few minutes ago. I think... Um, one of the things that always gets lost in a diversity and inclusion uh, conversation are funds for startups, right? So mm-hmm. I think from a VC perspective in this country, I think less than 10% of funds go to people, uh, you know, of minority background or women yep. or LGBTQ community, right? Yeah. And I think uh, the more um, the more we can fund uh, diverse uh, leaders uh, that are founders, 
the better we are at getting more diverse companies, right? Because if you have diverse leadership that's already ingrained at the top of the organization, when the organization starts, chances are as that organization grows, it's going to be built up uh, in a diverse fashion. Great. Just to hit that point. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I, I think it's really important, and I'm really yeah. glad you came by today, so yeah. we could discuss these things, frankly, out in the open. Yeah. You know, frankly, um, I don't think people do it enough. Yeah. So it's always a great opportunity to you know have these conversations. I really appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So thank you all for listening. Um, that was Carell Cooper of Live Intent. I'm Marjorie Ramayan Sanabria, your host, and thank you very much for listening. Until next time.